in life once we are able to tap into our energies tap into what feels right to us once we follow a path that feels genuine and real we become one in this conversation we talk with Ryan Jacobs artist yoga teacher we tap into the dualities of his experience and knowledge and we arrive at so many different conclusions Here's my conversation with Mr. Ryan Jacobs. Mr. Ryan Jacobs, thank you for joining the Free Your Energy podcast. Thank you. Great to be Hi. here. How are you doing today? Doing excellent. Excellent. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. I want to know about your childhood. Where did you grow up? What were you like when you were the age of eight, eight years old. Where were you at? What were you doing? Eight years old. Well, I was in New Jersey. That's where I grew up. And uh, I was an athlete growing up, playing hockey around that age. So I was probably out after school playing roller hockey in the streets. That was back in the days when as a kid, you could get your you know knees bloodied up, and you come home with little cuts and scrapes, and that was okay. And you know that was a fun time. I used to be out there all the time playing street hockey. What other what other sports did you play? Well, you know, I I grew up playing uh, hockey and golf, actually, and basketball and soccer, um, and. It was really, my father was an athlete um, as well, so my dad was my coach, and it was a great way for, you know, the family to be involved, and what I realize now is I was very fortunate to be outside and be in the grass and be moving my body and be, you know, learning teamwork and, and you know, playing team sports. Um, so I'm very fortunate, you know, now looking back, it seems like it really does translate uh, into a lot of values, including teamwork and health. Because a lot of the things that I do now when I teach people about health and how to be healthy and how to be an optimized being, it's doing a lot of the things that we do as kids that don't translate into our adult life. So simply things like being outside in the sun, breathing fresh air, being active, playing in the grass, you know, being in nature. You know, I used to ride my bicycle around the neighborhood. It's funny, I was telling my friend, I was like, you know, when I was a kid, I would just ride my bike through all the different neighborhoods, you know, for miles and miles. And I don't know, it seems like you might not be allowed to send your kid out on his own these days. <laughs> right. Like that, you know, they call it child protective services. <laughs> But but back then, I mean, that was really that was what we did is we enjoyed, I think, you know, the the greater world. And, and I always loved to have my freedom 
And I think being on rollerblades, being on my bicycle, growing up, um, being in nature, I think I was always drawn to these things, you know, going to the beach. I remember I used to like just sleep right on the sand, you know, no, no towel or anything like that. And my family, you know, they would laugh at me for doing that, obviously, because I would be very sandy. But there was some connection I had to the earth that I just like put me at peace where all of a sudden like I could just fall asleep and it was just like felt so peaceful and and connected and I don't I think now I realize that that's the connection to the earth from where we come from but back in the day it just it was something that was just innately almost like my instincts you know I was drawn to be close as close to the earth as I could um, you know, get that good electrical charge and recharge my body, rejuvenate my body, um, and connect to the planet that we're all from. So, and you mentioned your dad, you mentioned your family. What, what was it like? What was your family structure? And, you know, were your parents together your whole childhood? Kind of, kind of walk us through that part. Yeah. So I consider myself uh, extremely fortunate I have the best parents in the world. They still love each other very much. They're still together. Um, I realize that that's pretty rare and pretty special. And, you know, one of the things that I teach people is that love is really the most important thing. And I think I've heard you talk about that as well. And not just when it comes to healing, um, healing, you know, traumas and, and, you know, perceptions of negative events that have happened to you. But, you know, healing is is an environment that love really creates, you know, as a foundation. So I I feel like I grew up with a lot of love and that, you know, maybe at times I didn't, you know, eat the best foods or, you know, have the best, um, you know, fitness routines or something like that growing up. But I think, I had a lot of love and that's the most powerful thing that one can have growing up. Um, so very, very fortunate, um, to have parents that, you know, a lot of people, I think they go through relationships or they see in their parents or something that they don't want. I've seen that a lot with my friends and I kind of grew up seeing more or so, you know, believing in love and seeing what, unconditional love looks like and um you know in a way it 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 really allows me to be a believer you know in love and and uh so i think that's a beautiful blessing uh for sure love my parents very much uh and i also have a sister uh a beautiful sister and she lives in brooklyn new york uh, right now so she's only a year younger than me so it's kind of the four of us in new jersey and uh, my dad plays golf, and he taught me how to play golf, and he taught me how to play, you know, basketball and hockey, and you know, then uh, you get to the age where you try to start beating your dad, you know, at every sport, right. and that's always good motivation, and you start beating your friends, and uh, you know, a little friendly competition is something I was always super drawn to. It, it looking back. It didn't really make sense, you know, why would you play basketball if you didn't want to win? You know, that was kind of the whole <laughs> growing up. 
I mean, life seems so simple. Perhaps that's just the, you know, the child's perspective. But um, yeah, that was that was kind of what what drove me, I think, from a young age to get excited about the day was I wanted to, you know, keep feeling myself getting better at things and, you know, help some healthy competition. Um, and my fa- and within my family, I think there was a great dynamic for, you know, for me to thrive. Um, of course, at the end of the day, I, you know, I'm in control. Uh, your family, you know, is there to hopefully give you the support systems and the opportunities. And I certainly feel like my parents and my family allowed me those opportunities. That's great to hear because I'm a strong believer and I don't know if you know this, but I am a new father myself and I'm just a strong believer in the culture that you create, uh, whether that be at your, your workplace, you know, whether that be on your sports team or within your family, like the culture you create, everyone becomes, you know, a product of that culture. Like, for example, in sports, you look at people who have maybe played with the Golden State Warriors recently or the New England Patriots, teams that have won multiple championships. And then they leave those teams and they still bring that culture. They still try mm. to bring that that like winning aspect to mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a losing franchise. And, you know, they're trying to uplift guys because they see what winning looks like. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so when I hear you, you know, describing this, this connection between the four of you guys and you're coming from love, you're coming from connectivity with your father, you're coming from being able to actually express yourself and be yourself fully as a child. It makes total sense to me why you feel that way now as an adult, Mm. why you express Mm -hmm. yourself, why you show who you are, why you can show multiple sides of who you are, not just, you know, not just one angle. Um, do you are you uh, a parent yourself? And if you do become a parent, what do you think is one thing that you're going to be able to take into that situation of being a parent that you got from your parents? Something something positive. Great question. I'm not a parent currently. And congratulations to you on being a new father. Uh, it's a huge step and, and a huge opportunity. And I'm sure you're learning a lot daily. 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 Um, you know, I think the, the number one thing is unconditional love and support. Um, and that's really something that if you don't experience that, I can see how it's hard for some people to imagine what unconditional love and support feels like. Because so many people, I feel are judged by the people around them based on what they do and or they feel judged based on what they do and it really is amazing to know that your parents support you and love you no matter what you do because that gives you an incredible amount of freedom to really follow I mean it sounds cliche follow your heart but you know at the end of the day if you're you know you want to do something that you love to do because I really feel like the purpose of life is to love as much as we can and to understand that everything we do is an expression of that love. So if you want your life to be fulfilling to the most that it can be, um, 
you know, to the highest degree that it can be, you want to do something that you love every day. And that's when, you know, you're really going to shine your gifts and, and offer, you know, the greatest that you have to offer of your skills to the world for the world's benefit. So, uh, my parents showed me unconditional love and were always very supportive. Even 11 years ago, when I told my parents I wanted to move to California and I said, guys, I'm going to go. And they probably thought I was going to come back. So they said, okay, we'll let him move to LA. You know, he'll give it a shot. He'll probably be there a couple months and then come back or, you know, something like that. Uh, I didn't come back, you know, I left and, and I told them, you know, the, the career that I wanted, the career path and everything that I chose for myself. And um, they were always very supportive. So I, I, you know, I think not just as a, as a, as a father, but as a friend, um, you can show unconditional love as well. So that would be sort of that unconditional support is I think the greatest thing that you can give to a friend or, or a child. And that's something I would love to, uh, you know, embody uh, for sure. Um, if, and when I become a father myself. I appreciate the depth in your response and the thoughtfulness. What I'm curious to know is born in Jersey, great family, um, great situation out there. And then you end up in California. Well, a lot of the times when people move, they're moving to, you know, escape. Maybe there are some type of issues or problems or, you know, but it sounds like you weren't necessarily escaping. Can you talk to me about why you wanted to go to California? What kind of called you out there mm-hmm. um, initially? And, and what was mm-hmm. that experience like when you mm-hmm. actually touched down your first day mm-hmm. in California? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, first off, I do want to say everyone I feel in their family you know, has some kind of situations or, you know, things that, uh, you know, might not be uh, seen as ideal, but I think we can all learn from. And certainly I, I, I want everyone, you know, to understand that that's the same for me. Although I have an incredible uh, immediate family with my parents and my sister, we, we, my family has had its challenges with the rest of our family, you know, with our cousins and and our uncles and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, my uncle was has a, a drug abuser his whole life. And, you know, his kids didn't have the same relationship with their father, um, you know, that my sister and I did with, with my parents. So, um, you know, family is one of those things, Sylvester, where it's, it's really interesting. You really have to be grateful for, for, you know, uh, you can't necessarily pick your family or you can't pick the things that happen with your family. But everything that my family has gone through has been a really incredible experience for growth and learning and surrender and forgiveness. And I think that that's helped keep uh, that that's helped strengthen the connection within my immediate family, you know, with my parents and my sister. So, uh that's definitely a part of the story. So I didn't want to leave that out. Um, and also just to give some perspective on, you know, like I said, having gratitude for what's good. And so that's just what I chose to focus on immediately. Um, and as far as escaping, I think, yeah, I think to be honest, there was a little bit, um, of an escape. And I'll tell you what, the thing that I escaped the most was 
I graduated from uh, undergraduate university and I went, you know, back to my hometown and I was kind of just, I would say, a little feeling that my friends, um, maybe it was time for me to, you know, venture out, make some new friends. You know, maybe it was time to leave the friend circle that I have. Not that they weren't, you know, I'm very grateful for who my friends were um, in high school and college. I'd say I had some friends, um, not too many friends, but I had a circle of friends and I just got to the point where I, I honestly felt like that circle of friends didn't really serve me from a positivity standpoint. Um, there really wasn't much for me. Um, you know, there weren't that many friends that I had that really were tying me to staying in New Jersey. Um, and I'm sure you can imagine that, you know, because sort of that's a time period around 22 years old where, you know, you kind of are feeling out, you know, what do you want to do with your life, right? And uh, I just found myself around friends who, um, you know, I had one friend, Ben, who's still a, a you know, close friend of mine. And we always were, you know, best friends kind of growing up. And I liked the path that you know, he was on and he always seemed like a very positive guy. And my other friends, I just didn't have, you know, that many friendships that I really felt were serving me to my highest. So uh, I, th I took it as a clean slate. Um, so not to say that I was escaping that. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe it was a little bit of that, like, like 20%, you know, escaping that and then, you know, 80%. Uh, excited about a new opportunity in a new city where, of course, I could meet new friends and have a bunch of new opportunities. And so what was it like for you to make the decision to say, hey, I'm going to go to Los Angeles? Was there was there other choices? Was it always L.A.? And how did you end up there? Like, what was what was the first day like when you finally arrived? <laughs> Great question. How did I end up there is because you know, I had done some travel growing up, but after after college, I visited Los Angeles with some friends. And, you know, I had always been going to New York City growing up. Uh, and I kind of knew I didn't really love New York City with, you know, the trash bags on the sidewalk. And isn't uh, that such a strange, you know, thing yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. You know, what a beautiful everyone talking about a beautiful city. But when I walk around, I just see trash on the sidewalk everywhere and it gets too hot in the summer too cold in the winter. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I love New York. But like I said, I was always kind of a nature boy. And growing up playing competitive golf in high school and college, I, I wanted to be able to play golf and I wanted to be able to go to the beach. And when I visited LA, I, I realized I could do all those things and more. And so it really just came down to wanting to move to a big city, uh, you know, with a lot of opportunity. But not wanting to go to New York, right? Wanting to switch it up. Uh, it was very cold in college as well. I went to Syracuse University, a lot of snow. So two other friends and I we said, you know what? We went, we spent so many years in the snow. We want to move to LA. So I moved to LA with both that change. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So really it came down to as yeah. simple, it came down to as simple as visiting LA uh, for one week 
and then going back and then realizing that that's, you know, somewhere where I wanted to go. And, uh, like I said, I, I went with some friends. So, um, yeah, I think looking back, honestly, I'd say that was the best decision of my life because it really did allow me to make some new friends and really create the world that I wanted. And this is before I really realized that we were the creator, you know, of our own realities. Um, I, I really just saw it as something that was fun and, you know, something that felt right at the time. And, um, yeah, I mean, I did, you know, what most people do. They moved to LA. I started sleeping, uh, you know, on, at a friend's house, they had a big house and, you know, I slept on a couch for a week or two and then, you know, got, got a place. And, um, I'm sure many people, you know, that's kind of how they make their way to LA, but I was there with some friends and, um, yeah, started, you know, then started to work in tech as a, as an employee at a startup building online stores for MGM, the movie studio. Um, and, uh, you know, the rest, the rest has been a beautiful journey. Wow. And see, one of the things that we we talk about here on the Free Your Energy podcast is how we can be free, how we can totally free ourselves. Yes. And that journey is different for every single person. I never try to tell anyone, um, you know, that they need a specific religion or they need a specific spirituality or you need to eat this way or sleep this way or think this way. What I try to do is open people up to different stories and ideas and paths mm -hmm. so we can all pull from the stories what we need, you know, what's mm -hmm. going to serve us. What I love about uh, what you said, and, and I connect to it in my own journey, is how you looked around, you had some good friends, you had really one good friend, and mm -hmm. then some people that you kind of just, you kind of just knew them. Right. And you examine right. those relationships and you listen to yourself and you honored yourself and you had that, that intuition, even though we probably didn't even know the word intuition at that age, mm -hmm. 22, I know I didn't, mm -hmm. but you kind of just felt like, Hey, you know what, this, this doesn't, it's not doing anything for me. Like, where right. am I, right. where am I going? You right. Know? And about the same time. So what did you go? Uh, was it 2000 that, or I'm sorry, 2010 that you left? Yeah. 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right around the same time, that's when I was starting some of those emotions because I was leaving college in 2009 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I, I started my career. I started doing, I was doing sales um, mm -hmm. from 2010 to 2013, that whole three year period back in Chicago, a very cold place, mm -hmm. too hot in the summer with the humidity, mm -hmm. way too cold in the winter. Um, it was actually, we had a blizzard in um, 2011. And I couldn't leave my house for three days. I was trapped in the house because of the blizzard. It had brought snow up onto my door and you, I literally could not walk out. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful that I had just went shopping the night before because they they recommended us to do that. So, you know, I had food and they, they were able to keep the lights on. I was grateful the heat worked um, and I was trapped in there with my girlfriend at the time. So it was pretty cool because, you know, I had some company. Mm -hmm. And but when that blizzard was over, I just started thinking like, man. I cannot live in a place where the weather can literally trap me and confine me to the house. Plus, I was just like you. I only had really two friends that were like friends and everyone mm -hmm. else was just someone I knew. Mm -hmm. 
And I originally wanted to go to Los Angeles. I grew up a Lakers fan, grew up a Tupac fan, really wanted to go to Los Angeles. I just have always had an affinity for California. Mm-hmm. But I also knew I wanted to be an author and I wanted I, I knew I was going to leave my job. So what I did was I got a promotion in the sales. So now I'm a sales manager. I took the, the promotion to Arizona and then I took the promotion. I literally didn't go out. I didn't buy anything. I didn't subscribe to any like subscription services. All I did was save all my money because I knew I was going to quit because I wanted to go all in on, you know, building my being an author. And I knew that like this was probably going to be the only time I could do it. I didn't have kids. I didn't really have any like dependents. If I fail, hey, it's just me. I can get on the couch. Just no get on somebody's couch. It's like really no problem, you know. Um, and now I can look back, you know, everything quote unquote worked out or is working out. Um, mm-hmm. So I totally relate to your journey mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. kind of just freeing yourself from, you know, especially when your intuition is telling you like, man, these people aren't serving me. They're not growing me. They're not pushing me. Right. Not motivating right. Me. Like, right. And that's what I would say. Me. Yeah. That's what I would say is at the time, you know, I, I definitely considered them friends, but I don't feel that they were really uplifting and inspiring me, you know, and for, you know, to keep it in plain terms, some of them were haters, you know, and kind of had that energy. Hey, be real, my brother. Yeah. So, so, you know, I feel that that's maybe what some people might be experiencing currently, right? Even if they're an adult. You can't thrive with a hater in your circle. So... The one thing that 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 you know maybe some some of that energy is it's just used to teach you you know about maybe what you do want or you can use it as motivation and that kind of thing so um now I'm very blessed to say that you know i I feel like I've really found a beautiful community of people who inspire me and we yes. all inspire each other we all inspire each other and one thing that I teach people is that you know, they say that you're a reflection of the five or 10 people who you hang around. So in that case, in that case, you're counting on them. And in the same light, they're counting on you. So really, that is something I always keep in mind, because at the same time that we strive to be around people who inspire us and uplift us and challenge us, they're all counting on us to do the same thing for them. And uh, I really do feel super grateful that I found that community. But I realized that I created that for myself. You see, that's not something that one just stumbles into or, you know, somebody is uh, just finds one day. It really is something that you create for yourself because you have to plug in uh, to that uh, to that energy of of inspiration as well. Damn, that's deep, man. Talk to me about musicians that have inspired you. So you said you're from Chicago. Yes, sir. So my favorite artist growing up was Kanye West hands down great musician great musician so i basically got my car around the time of the college dropout 
Mm. And that's pretty much all all you need to know. Yeah. At the yep. time, it was just a sound. It just sounded unlike anything else, you know. And I was wearing the polo tees, you know, the polo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the polo shirts, uh, you know, and I had maybe five or six or seven different colors. And, um, you know, that was really, I think, a sound that resonated with me because, as you know, you know, lyrically, you know, he would pronounce words differently. You know, he was very uh, not afraid to talk about different subjects that maybe weren't like from the street. So the thing is, I I grew up in the suburbs, you know, I'm not, you know, although I love rap and hip hop music, it didn't always resonate with me if it's just about drugs and guns and, you know, violence and this kind of thing. Like I didn't really grow up with a lot of criminal activity. You know, the, the biggest criminal thing we did growing up was maybe trying to buy a gram of weed or, you know, or, or, you know, <laughs> which, is, which isn't criminal to me. Yeah. Which know, is right? a criminal. That's what I'm saying. But so, so it's like, yeah, it's, it was cool. All the lyrics, you know, growing up with, you know, big timers and Lil Wayne and, you know, that was like, you know, uh, that was kind of my era. But I'd say the artists that I really were attracted to, like, really resonated with was Kanye, Fabulous, you know, these artists who, like, they they had a great sound, you know, but it wasn't necessarily all about drugs and violence. Right. You know what I mean? Right. With Fabulous, you know, Fabulous, he would have his hip you know, his rap with his like R&B hooks and, you know, it was a, you know, little love songs or, you know, as stuff a, like that. As but, a writer, you know, his, his punchlines are yeah. incredible. The yeah, yeah. He would come up with. Yeah. Like, I remember being in high school, just like, wow, how, like, how is he coming up with this stuff? So yeah. with Kanye, yeah. let me keep you, let me keep you on yeah. Kanye. Yeah. Let's give me top of your head. If you made a playlist right now, top five Kanye songs, not like the most played, not the best right, right. for you, for your life, for your experience, your top five Kanye songs for you. Well, I love those songs at the end of, uh, like at the end of the albums, like last call, two words, you know, two never words. let me down yet. Yeah, two yeah. words, like, you know, Shot time Southside Worldwide because I rep that till I fucking die. Like that that flow to me, I haven't really heard too many songs since two words that really like get you like, oh, like, you know, like there's some energy about that. And I think it's honestly is like the lyrical truth that those MCs spit, you know, during that song is is definitely definitely special the thing that two words does for me uh, i've always been a writer always i've always felt like i was a writer so i always pay attention to the writing and things and mm -hmm. movies and songs commercials like subway commercials like i'm looking at the font like i just i'm obsessed with writing like i love it so when two words came out everyone's just like you know loving it so i said you know i feel like i remember telling my buddy will i'm like I feel like they're only using two words in each bar here. So we go on like uh, 
I can't remember the website, but there was a website that had the lyrics. And sure enough, like mm-hmm. when you actually read mm-hmm. the lyrics, mm-hmm. they're using two words like for each <laughs> bar. You're just like, no way. Like, how is that? Like, it, it just takes like conceptually, it just takes a song to a such such a deeper level, you know? Yep. Yep. So what else? What else? Uh, so you got last call, two words. What I mean, if we're taking it back to like, you know, like college it's, dropout, I would say throughout definitely whole, throughout his whole career. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, like I said, never let me down with Jay. The Diamonds remix with Jay is crazy. The the actually the verse that he did on the Jeezy song, um, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Amazing? Put on yeah. or no, put on. Yeah, I put on when he yeah. did that with the with the because I remember Lollipop from Lil Wayne I think had like yeah. just come out yes yeah and that was like the first yeah that was like the first song um and I forget did he jump on the remix to Lollipop Kanye he did he did yeah he had a verse so, on there. yeah so there was so that was crazy at the time like it was like a sound like I had never heard before and just that was to me just crazy the lollipop remix and then when he hopped on the jeezy remix um and like he said he needed at least one of russell's nieces (laughs) (laughs) bro. like that's when you just knew like that kanye would just say like he was just wild you know and the thing i always love about him is like those bars like that that it's funny that you're you know we're doing this interview and you're taking me back to things like we didn't prepare for this, you know, like I never thought I'd be talking about, you know, the Jeezy remix, but <laughs> when you, but really that he has some iconic, uh, verses. You remember that song, huh? Too. Oh, Man, yeah. That was, that was, I mean, I know he's got other album stuff, but sometimes it's just moments like that, that are really like, I feel like big for the industry. You know, when people hop on other people's projects and um but yeah, I mean we could go all day, like crack music. I love that song and this uh Roses and Bring Me Down on late registration, like that whole that whole now you got me looking at my iTunes. Roses I'm, I'm, I'm Roses. looking <laughs> Roses brought yeah. tears to me because yeah. that was about yeah. his mother. You know, exactly. that was about losing his mom. Exactly. And so I love that type of transparency just right. as an artist. You're, I know you're an artist. I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you go to those spaces where you're visiting the most vulnerable emotions and you're able to say, hey, let me use this and put this into and to create something where someone else could potentially benefit. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's one of the most healing things that we can do for ourselves instead mm-hmm. of just bottling it up and just keeping it you know, all to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I love the Roses song. Mm-hmm. And in that in that section of of late registration too, he like, you know, he brings in the church music, like the church vibes, you know, mm-hmm. Rose to bring me down, and like you really hear that. And you know, I'm Jewish, and I grew up going to synagogue, and you know, there were songs that we sang, and you know, they they played the the organ and everything, but it's not quite the same as church music. And I always think that's one of the things that I resonated with Kanye was like, just that sound of like that church vibes. I think now, now that I understand and teach yoga and everything, I understand sound and resonance and Mm -hmm. frequencies and everything like that. Um, 
And it makes perfect sense now. Of course, you're harmonizing your voice, which is vibrating every cell in your body. And you get a group of people, you know, in a church environment who are grateful, who are praising God, you know, with song and vibration. Um, Makes total sense now, you know, how powerful that is. And I think when I heard Kanye's music as someone who never really went to church, you know, it was it was a beautiful sound. And even the, you know, the the God album that he just did, the Jesus is King, you know, it that that church sound is uh, something very healing about that innate with just the sound and the vibration. So, uh, you know, like I said, I liked that sound plus his lyrical content, uh, you know, that was really talking about things that I could relate to. Like you said, like roses, very uh, vulnerable song. Um, and it was just very different than any other song, you know, really out there, you know, at the time where most people are, you know, like I said, talking about street life and, and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I mean that, those are the songs that are really powerful for me. Um, I'm sure I could go through others, but you know, if I'm just going off the top of the head, for sure. Okay, well, well it, 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 do you you ever heard of this song called uh, Majestic? <laughs> yeah, yes, you, heard, you heard of that? Yeah. Okay, I, I actually have it queued up. Let's uh, let's give that a listen. What right. song you got? It's uh, called uh, One. Yep. By Majestic. Yep. Yeah, let's give that a listen. Divide and conquer, that's their plan. How can they get a man to fear another man? Cause if you can make them fear, you can make them hate. Then you can't control their whole mind state. Don't let them divide. Take compassion and add it with one love. And it equals true peace on the planet. Don't let them divide. Take compassion and add it with one love. And it equals true peace on the planet. It's a game that's created. Us versus them. Beginning by divided. Gonna bring us to the end. If united we stand, divided we fall. It's decided the easiest way to conquer us all. Is to focus on our differences But if you listen in, you hear all people similar Like a synonym, could be black, could be Jew At times in history, segregation separated me and you And it costs a lot more than some dollars lost I'm talking black slavery and the Holocaust And you say, how could they not see the evil? But even today, it repeats like a sequel See, the government doesn't want equality. Blame foreigners so they can pass a new policy. So instead of thinking who's to blame, take responsibility and stop playing the game. Divide and conquer, that's their plan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Bars. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> talk to me about that, man. That's that's talk to me about it. How'd that come about? How did you become a musician? Talk to me about your album. I mean, this music you have is, it vibrates at a different level. Mm. Talk I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you know, the last the last line there in, in my song is, or at least in the first verse, you know, talking about be the change, you know, stop playing the game. So it's like, I always loved rap and hip hop music, but I never really resonated with the lyrics and for a while, people are like, oh, man, why don't you rap? Like, you, you you know, you're nice, bro. You're a nice rapper. Like, you should you should rap. You should make music. And the thing is, I didn't really have any subject matter to rap about 
that made sense until right. I really Cause, found cause you my own. in the suburbs, right? Because I grew up. So you're like, what right. am I gonna rap about? Like, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's right. like, it's like. <laughs> but then what happened? I'll tell you is when I found my whole when I started on my whole yoga path, it just opened up a whole world of information that I felt people could benefit from to live a better life, to be healthier, to be more loving, to be more connected. And all of a sudden now I have a message that I want to tell people. And then I have this skill of, you know, writing and rapping. And then I was able to put it together. And that's what you hear in my first album, which is called Yoga Flow, which has, you know, the first song that we just listened to is called One. It's about how we're we're all connected, how we're all one. Um, and about really being the change uh, that we want to see as far as coming together and, you know, moving beyond labels and beyond separation and, you know, kind of getting people a little bit woke. But there's another song called Artist that I, I also have a video for on YouTube, um, which is about how you create your own reality. Um, I have other songs. I have a guided meditation. So I have a four minute guided meditation rap. Um, and then I have, uh, you know, some other songs as well, a song called Real Magic, which is about giving love. So all my music is based on not cursing, uh, not talking down to women or not talking down to men. Uh, so, you know, it, uh, getting away from some of the subconscious things that are in music that I feel, you know, I... I wouldn't want to say that it's bad because I don't believe in really calling things good or bad. Um, but I would say that one of the things I realize is that I spent so much time learning uh, rap lyrics and singing along with rap songs that I think it had to have some kind of subconscious programming that was happening that I might not have really realized. And as I got older and as I started on my yoga path and I started to create what I really wanted in my life and I started opening up to friends about the things that were real in my life, it exposed some of that programming, you know? And I think when it comes to dating and relationships too, like it exposes you know, the relationship that you have with women and things that might be programmed through your culture and through music a lot. So part of me to be the change is instead of being frustrated that uh, the lyrics out there aren't what I like, I'm going to create the music that I think would be good and, and, you know, channel the energy so away from being frustrated to all right well what are you going to do about it and i'm working on new mu new music now that has a different vibe where i do some more singing so i've also been taking vocal lessons uh, with a singing coach um because i always love to sing and i believe if you want to be great at something you know you kind of work at it and there's there's ways to uh to practice anything and uh that's still what my music is all about. Uh, even in my new songs that are coming out, uh, no cursing, really no talking down to people uh, and just really being, you know, something positive that can give you something to vibrate to. 
hopefully that resonates with people who, like you said, are, are looking to, to vibrate at a higher frequency. So if someone is holding their phone in their hand right now and they want to go to Apple Music or they want to go to Spotify and they want to find you and subscribe to you, what do they need to type in? So you can go uh, to any platform from my website, uh, MajesticFlow.com, and it's M-A-J-E-S-T-I-Q. So like Majestic, just with a Q at the end, and the Q is for questioning, um, because I believe in the power of asking questions. And uh, if you're on Apple Music or Spotify, you could just type in Majestic, M-A-J-E-S-T-I-Q. You'll see my album is Yoga Flow. Uh, You could start with the first song, which is Artist, um, and uh, on YouTube as well. You could type in Majestic Artist um, and uh, check out my videos and, and, and go from there. Okay. I think everyone listening will be able to easily find it based on the way you just described it to us. You know, I have to say, I have to say, you have inspired me. Let me tell you why. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you why. And also, our friendship just went to a new level because when I tell you what I tell you, Okay, let me just tell you. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna build it up. Let me Break just tell it down you. For me. Just, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just tell you. I have a completed album that has no cursing. It has no swearing. Mm. The purpose of that album was to raise people's vibration. There's some rap, hip hop, R and B, poetry kind of Kid Cudi, Travis Scott style mm-hmm. type music in there. Uh, it's called Good Enough. I'm made the album after I wrote my last book called For Your Energy. And what I I realized is that so many people deal with feeling like they're not good enough, you know, and um, limiting beliefs, very like low vibrational, just uh, paths that we choose. And I wanted to make music that I could listen to because Mm. I was just driving around and every song, especially as a black dude, you just hear nigga this, nigga that, Mm -hmm. nigga, nigga. And I'm just like, yo, like, I like hip hop. I respect what it has done for me, but I just don't want to always hear that. Mm-hmm. I don't always want to hear the N word. Mm-hmm. I don't always want to hear the B word. You know, all these words. I just mm-hmm. don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, exactly what you said. Instead of complaining about it, be a solution to your to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I I just went. I mean, I know I'm a writer. I know how to structure songs. So I said, man, let me go. Let me book some studio time. And where I record my podcast at, typically, uh, the studio I used to record at, they had musicians coming in all the time. So I just called the engineer who was working with my podcast. I said, hey, man, uh, you got time today? He's like, oh, yeah, the the podcast booth is open. And I was like, no, uh, I want to like do some music. He was like, oh, yeah, come on in. So we go, his name is Colin. I've had him on, on here before. Mm-hmm. So I like, I go in there and I just tell him the concept. I'm like, Hey, I want to make like 12 to 15 songs, no cursing, no swearing. I want the beats to be really good. And, uh, you know, can you help me with that? He said, yeah, let's create. So we made like two or three songs right there. And like, I just kept going back and back. Um, we got everything mixed and mastered and like, we made the beats. It was just me and him. And we made all the beats right there, wrote all the songs and, it's such a great feeling. It's such a healing feeling to create music that you can just play back and listen to and 
it can just raise you, you know? Mm-hmm. So you inspired me. I'm going to put it out. I'm going to put, I'm going to put the music out. I've just had it on my desktop for like six months. I'm just going to put it out. I'm just going to yeah, share let it the world you. hear it. Yeah. And you yeah, know what? It's, it's a powerful, I think that's a powerful realization that you had that, you know, the music that you were listening to, the, you know, the popular music, you, you just recognize that it didn't really serve your highest. And I think that many people are scared to admit that within the community because it's, you know, it's cool, you know, it's cool music. And it's like, Oh yeah, man, this is what, and it's even, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I still go out, you know, to, to clubs and stuff in LA and it's like, it's cool if you don't dance, you know, have you experienced that? It's like, and people, and people, I go to the club and it's like, Oh, you know, the, Oh, you know, like what you're hard because you're like standing there, like not dancing, but like, you know what I mean? Like, what's the whole point of like coming out? Like I like to dance and everything like this. So I always recognize the thing. I was like, man, this is so weird. Like, and I'm just one of those people who like, I just call it what it is because I'm confident in what I truly know is a fun experience for me. Like, so I'm thinking, okay, other people are probably thinking like this too. So maybe we have to all like be the change. So I will like go to the club and start dancing with my friends. And I'm going to be like, you know, it's cool to dance. And you know what? It's cool to sing along. And like, it's cool to like, you know, rap about, your feelings and your emotions and things that are real. And like, like you said, you had that experience, you know, listening to songs that just had the N word and, and, or, you know, just rapping about stupid stuff. And I think a lot of uh, people would benefit from, you know, maybe speaking up to their friend groups or, or if you know artists or whatever and letting them know, like, you know, we see big Sean now as, you know, raps about meditation and, uh, you know, healing and energy and, you know, like it is possible to send a shockwave through the culture that, uh, you know, increases the, the, the frequency, you know, of the vibration and, and starts to really get the culture a little bit more woke to like the things that they're saying, because, you know, I, I really think that um, more people don't realize it, but they are being subconsciously programmed to stay in lower states of vibration by and that goes for women too especially so it's like you know a lot of the women a lot of the music now for women it's like you know glorifying being a hoe and it sells records and you know it's it's like fun music and we i think sex should be celebrated and that kind of thing and you know, when I say ho, I don't mean having multiple partners or whatever like that. I mean, that should be celebrated. But just the idea that your just sexual energy is just something that's not sacred. I think, uh, you know, it really has a big subconscious impact on the culture. And, and I think there's so much more opportunity for, uh, you know, the hip hop and rap culture to really step their game up by, uh, having like respectful women and men um, who like truly, truly honor, uh, you know, the gods and goddesses that they are and stepping up into their highest power. And I think, I think if, if they're, you know, if the culture is going to do that, then it really, uh, it will take 
a shift in the values um, in some of the lyrics and some of the energy and some of the subject matter. Um, and it's possible, you know, it's possible. And, and look, I, I understand, you know, where, where hip hop and, you know, comes from and like, you know, rap battles on the street in New York. And I grew up listening to big L and, you know, I get it. Like it's, it's, if that's your environment, then that's all, you know. And I think that the, you know, the culture has come a long way. Um, and now you see, you know, athletes like LeBron James representing themselves and, uh, you know, really being, you know, business moguls and, and, you know, teaching communities how to build and create wealth. Um, and, uh, you know, really take control over their, their careers and their money and, um, and their lives. And so, I really think that there's a, a lot of opportunity um, and, and it might take some looking in the mirror, you know, and, and maybe being that person to say to your friend, Hey, don't say that, you know, or, you know, don't even, not even saying talking about other people, but the way that people talk to themselves, you know, is very self-defeating sometimes. So there's a lot of sub subconscious programming that happens when we listen to music, when we talk to other people and when we talk to ourselves. Mm, man, Whew. I want to play you a song. I want to play you one of my songs. You down for that? Yeah, I'm up for that. You got me inspired, man. Let's see. <laughs> By the way, so I'm gonna... I always say, I always say, yes, I'm up for it. You're up for it. Okay, I like that down. Only because, like I said, we subconsciously program ourselves, and so. If I have the opportunity to respond to people, I'll say, yeah, I'm up for that. I'm up for that. So I'm up five times a day rather than being down, down, down. Right. Okay. You have that in the song? You need to put that in the song. I do. I have that in my song, Artists. In my song, Artists, Artists I talk about creating your own reality. So let, I want to hear your song. What's your song called? Let's see. Um... Okay, I'm going to play Empath. Let me just load it up here. Empath is a song where the person is talking about their feelings, you know, and they're talking about how they feel the world around them. And they're trying to, they're a little unbalanced and they're just trying to balance themselves and find mm -hmm. balance. Mm -hmm. And they're talking to a person that they care about. And the person is just saying, he's, you know, the, the artist is just saying, hey, like, I'm your empath. So, like, please be aware that I'm your empath. Like, protect me. Like, please, you know. So I'll just play a little bit of it for you right here. You don't see it ways. I'm an empath. I feel your way. Night Turn it down. Same book. On a different path, you don't see your ways. I'm an empath, I feel your ways. Night grooves, turn a dead. Same book, we on a different path. We on some different ways. I got this feel today, it just won't, it won't go away, it won't fold away. Wanna fly away, need a getaway. 
I wanna speak and say I'm your empath. Always stay today, you never strayed away. You never stayed away, then you came and laid. You never came and laid. Never came and laid. You never played on me. Never, never prayed on me. You put no harm on me. Fight for me like the army. I'm all about that, man, creating those vibrations. I like that. I like that. You know, it's so interesting. I'd say, man, I felt that because I'm not an empath. Mm. And I'm learning. One of the things that I've been learning over the last few years is learning to feel your emotions and, you know, to be okay with, you know, feeling emotions instead of just trying to have a logical explanation for everything. And I think growing up, I always thought like, not that like having feelings was like bad, but I thought like, oh, you could always explain the feeling, mm-hmm. right? So right. what that seemed to work for me, that I would always come up with like, you know, like if I would feel some type of way about something, I'd be like, okay, Ryan, like think logically, like, why are you feeling this? And like, I would try to not feel it, let's say, or I would try to get over it like super quick. Um, But, and then that ended up, because I thought that that worked for me, that ended up being how I treated other people, which didn't necessarily work for them because let's say somebody, you know, is going through something emotional now I realize that the most beneficial thing you can do many times is to just hold that space for that person and just kind of sit there and listen and be a good listener. And so that they can feel that like they feel you feeling them and, you know, you're hearing them out. Um, but I would always like try to explain people logically, like why they like, oh, it's OK. You don't need to feel this emotion because A, B and C. But really, now I realize that there is a lot of power to being more empathic and more compassionate. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having these emotions and that kind of thing. So that really is is powerful to hear that, you know, you made a whole song about being an empath. And I could feel that you really come from that place. Because to be honest, that's not a place that comes naturally to me. And uh, I've found a lot of benefit from practicing more compassion and more listening. Was there an event or a person in your life that uh, kind of triggered you into that level of self-awareness? Because that's that's a deep level of self-awareness yeah. that some yeah. people may not ever reach. So for right. you to re- right. realize like, hey, I'm a, I'm a thinker. I process things in a thinking way. And, you know, how, how did you come yeah. to that? Great question. Great question. And 
This is something I feel like your listeners can really benefit from. I had this epiphany where it was like, I always thought that you treated others the way you want to be treated. And what I realized is that we treat others the way we treat ourselves. And I just want to let that sink in because I had realized through relationships and friendships and, you know, life is a, is a great teacher, you know, and your relationships and your friendships are your greatest teacher. And so I had recognized a pattern, right? It's super important for people as far as self-awareness is concerned. You have to have pattern recognition. You have to be able to see like, if something that you're doing isn't working, the definition of insanity is to keep doing that thing and, and expecting a different result. So when you realize like, okay, you know what? If you know, if one friendship or one relationship or one conversation or something, if it doesn't if it doesn't go the way that you hoped um or you imagined it to go, maybe if it's just one or two people you know, you can not take it personally and, you know, just kind of chalk it up to, you know, maybe they were having a bad day or something. But if you start to see a pattern in your friendships and your relationships and your jobs, your communications, then you really have to look at maybe I'm the one at the center of this pattern, right? And so taking it personally in the sense of having that self-awareness and really being open uh, to, you know, maybe there's something I can do better to have a better outcome in my, you know, in my communication at work and my romantic relationships and my friendships. So what I realized is that I was a super logical, you know, person, um, because that's what worked for me. I, you know, I believe in astrology and human design and, you know, I'm a, I'm a Taurus, you know, at the end of the day, which, you know, I'm, I'm very logical and I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, rational and I have a logical explanation for many things. Um, but not everybody, you know, operates that way. And so what I realized is I went through life treating everyone like I'm somebody who, if you want me to do push ups, all you got to be is like, Ryan, do, do 25 push ups. I'll do 25 push ups. And you'd be like, man, those last five push ups sucked. 25 more. I'll be like, you know what? They did suck. 25 push-ups more. And like, that's how you can talk to me. Like that resonates with me, you know, like that motivates me. And like, I like that kind of direct feedback. So I went my whole life, Sylvester, treating other people as if they also appreciate that feedback, (laughs) you know, and not everybody does. And, you know, especially like, you know, it, women or, or just people that have more of that like feminine energy, you might be like, nice job. Like, oh, those push-ups look really good. Like, yeah, you're doing great. And like, you want to give them some words of encouragement. And like, that works for, you know, many people that, you know, being tough on them doesn't. And so I just give that example because, you know, it's a very, uh, you know, it, it's it's a very clear example of doing something physical. We all know when you know when we when we work out and when we do fitness like that. Like you either did the push up or you didn't, 
right? So it's a very clear example of like getting someone to accomplish a goal uh, versus in, in life, it can be a little more abstract or theoretical. Um, and so really, I had that epiphany, Sylvester, that, you know, we end up treating other people the way we treat ourselves. And I got to a certain point where I wanted to practice more compassion. And I was like, man, I want to have more compassion for people. I want to have more compassion for people. Why can't I seem, you know, why do I slip into judgment instead of compassion? Right? If somebody says, uh, if somebody tells you something that they're going through, or, or if you hear a story about someone or something, a lot of times I would judge them for it rather than having complete compassion for them. And uh, I realized, wow, why don't I have, why is it not that easy for me to practice compassion, even though I'm calling this into my life? And it was because I realized I don't have compassion for myself. And I realized that when I do things, I'm the last person to forgive myself. If I feel like I made a mistake, I'm super tough on myself. And I don't, it doesn't need to be that way. So I had this epiphany where it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I want to be a little bit more gentle and a little bit more compassionate with other people, all I need to do is start being more compassionate with myself, start forgiving myself more. And when I practice that, that becomes how I treat everyone else as well. So that's an epiphany that I had that I think a lot of people would benefit from. We needed that message. That that message, whew, we needed that. Uh, I totally relate. I understand. I went through the exact same story. The mother of my child, when we first started seeing each other, uh, she was new to working out. So here I am, you know, former athlete, played mm-hmm. in high school, college. I played three years of arena football before I got into my my corporate world. And um, the way I'm training is is tough. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, give me 10 mm-hmm. more. Let's yeah. go. Let's push. Let's get it. Run these sprints. Just mm-hmm. a very, like, aggressive masculine yes. energy. Yes, and I didn't understand that. I just thought that's how everyone needed to work out to achieve their goal. Yes, yes. And she's three weeks in. You know, I taught her the basics. She's three weeks in. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, she's ready to go. Because three weeks in, I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. I placed all of my, the expectations I had of myself, I placed them all on her. And so here we are in LA Fitness. This was like four years ago. And no, this was five years ago. And she did like, Let's just say bicep curls. I don't remember the exercise, mm-hmm. but say she did like 10. I did the exact same thing you mentioned. I'm like, come on, five more, five more. Like, you still got it. This is your last set. Give me five more. And what I didn't even realize, because I didn't have enough awareness outside of myself at the time, was that she had literally did the best she could with that 10. Like, that 10 was brand new to her. That was a brand new experience to her. And she was already pushing herself. She was already challenging herself. She was already growing her mind and her body. And here I am trying to push her to go even further. And Mm -hmm. of course, I had good intentions because Mm -hmm. I see how strong she is and how strong Mm -hmm. she can be. So I'm like, hey, no, I'm going to push you to 
your limit. <laughs> yeah. She breaks down, starts yeah. crying, storms out the gym. Yeah. And literally, we we don't even finish the workout. Right. So now right. I'm pissed. I'm like, come on, man. Like, right. we still right. got another 15 minutes. We got to finish our core. Then we got to start stretching. Right. So um, we get to the car. She's crying. And you know that's one of the the most awkward situations. I know, but it's so we've all experienced that. Yeah, you, you know? get in the car and it's silent, and the only thing you hear is your girl crying. You're just like fuck, <laughs> like fuck. So I'm like, I'm kind of like my adrenaline's kind of calmed down from the gym, and I'm kind of realizing that you know I triggered her crying. So I asked what every guy says. I'm like, hey, you know what's wrong? <laughs> like, I know what's wrong. Like, yeah. I just need to hear maybe something that, you know, maybe something happened right. at work. Maybe right. it wasn't me. So I'm like, no. what's wrong? And she's like, you can't talk to me like that. I'm a girl. That's not how you talk to me. Right. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, right. I didn't realize that I was bringing that energy to you. And I said, so how should I talk to you? How would, what would be better for you? And then she explained to me, she said, I do want to be pushed and I do want to be challenged, but you can't scream at me like I'm one of your football mm-hmm. teammates. That doesn't mm-hmm. motivate me. That doesn't right. empower me. Right. She needs just a little more it. encouragement. Yeah. She said, just yeah. say it in a soft voice. Just talk to me. <laughs> she says, the way you talk to me when you want to have sex with me, just talk to me that way if you mm-hmm. want me to do 10 more and I'll do mm-hmm. it. And it was that was about five years ago. And it wasn't until about five years ago that I started understanding like feminine energy is mm-hmm. different. You know, mm-hmm. I did the exact same thing. So I totally relate and understand with you. And I mean, I really hope this podcast can can reach a bunch of guys out there who can mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. maybe pick up on that, man. Because to hear another guy, I've never heard, heard another guy express that. To hear another guy express um, that he too struggled with the same thing that I struggled with, it gave, it gave me it gives me confirmation that yeah um you know i wasn't the only idiot in the world <laughs> you well, know yeah and my yeah. i mean my message to men Come and women you. yeah <laughs> i mean my message to men and women because i'm sure there are many women listening to this as well is yeah to understand that when it comes to masculine energy and feminine energy that it's a dance so mm. where a lot of men i can just speak for men where a lot of men i feel get tripped up is that they are looking at uh, a conversation from their masculine perspective, which is trying to bring things to uh, an end or a conclusion. And women are, uh, you know, women love to uh, express themselves and, and maybe talk, and they want their man to listen, you know, to their story, uh, to, you know, just... Um, for the man to show that you know he he does care and he is open um, to uh, you know to what the the female is experiencing is a dance, right? So it's like men get caught up because they're trying to uh, get women to think like they are. Uh, rather than dancing with the feminine. So, uh, you know, a classic example is like, well, where do you want to go to eat? You know, the man, man just wants to pick one spot. So the whole conversation, the man from the masculine energy is trying to bring that conversation to a point. He's trying to simplify it down to, okay, where do you, where do you want to go? Like, let's pick a spot, like this whole conversation. And the woman is, wants to 
tell you, you know, what she had for lunch yesterday and what she had for dinner yesterday. And this is all going to build up into like, she, she's actually testing you, not purposely testing you like in, in some kind of, you know, manipulative way, but subconsciously she is, uh, testing you to see how much you really care and how much you're really listening because this is going to be an indicator for her of how much you really care right so uh one of the ways that men i feel can benefit from their conversations with women is simply you know if you're if your woman uh is telling you about somebody at work that she doesn't like you might think that you have the answer right so you just want to say you know what hun this girl, you can't stop talking to this girl, you know, or move your desk or ask to be transferred to another department or something. You might think that you already have the best answer, but what really would benefit that conversation is if you really listen to her story about the problem that she's having with her boss or her coworker or something like that, so that you simply dance with that energy and she can feel you dancing with that energy. And then if you still have that same advice for her, then you can offer uh, her your advice, but only after she really feels heard. Um, so really understanding that masculine energy is different from feminine energy is beautiful because then we're not trying to both be, you know, the same. Uh, and you're not always seeing things on the same uh, from the same perspective, like a lot of men and women are like, Oh, let's get on the same page. Let's get on the same page. And it's like, I just feel that that can be dangerous sometimes because we don't, we don't have to be on the same. Yeah. Page. You don't have to be on the same page. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, really, you don't have to think the same. What you have to do is dance together. Mm. So that's what I, that's how I really, um, you know, approach, um, you know, people that have different perspectives like that, it really is a, about that dance and about understanding that the differences are to be celebrated, right? It should be, right. it should be celebrated. And, and I feel like a lot of what's, what's, uh, you know, a, a big problem, you know, these days is, is people trying to pretend that men and women are the same, oh, you know, wow, and pushing, and pushing for these agendas where, you know, all of a sudden, what men are supposed to, I, I, I get that men, are, you know, do have emotions and stuff, but come on, like a, a strong man should be grounded in, you know, in a career, you know, in a purpose in life that attracts a woman. That's what I, I teach all the time is what, you know, women are attracted to. Yeah. You know, some women might say that, you know, they want their man to, to see her as their, you know, number one priority, but you know, the career and everything is, is, is a, a priority in a man's life that, uh, you know, and a purpose and, and a mission is something in a man's life that, you know, it is certainly undeniable, uh, for not only for him to have a, a, a purpose, um, where he's contributing to the greater world, but, um, you know, that's also very attractive to the woman. And at the same time as the man, you know, a man might not be super attracted to a woman who put her man pants on, you know, all day, you know, meaning like, 
yes, I believe in strong women and, and you know, women uh, having executive leadership positions uh, in, in, you know, in the corporate world or, or owning small businesses. Um, and at the same time, I think that there, you know, it, it might be healthy to be a balance where the woman can be very feminine, right? And be in her feminine. And, and uh, you know, maybe that looks like, uh, you know, getting really dressed up and dancing and or singing or nurturing or, you know, doing these things that uh, are more classically feminine, uh, I think are really attractive to a man. So, I mean, I could just speak for myself, like, yes, it's very attractive, you know, when a woman is uh, successful in business and, you know, or owns her own business or, or uh, is an artist or, uh, you know, a business owner is creating some some, you know, great projects in the world. Um, but, you know, I don't think I would be that attracted to a woman who's constantly trying to, you know, have power, you know, is super power, 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 you know, a man likes a woman who likes to surrender, you know, who can surrender into her feminine, who can celebrate her femininity, who can be soft, you know, who can be emotional. So, uh, and there's a lot for men to learn from that feminine energy. So uh, definitely one thing I think that we, in, in our culture today, instead of trying to make everyone equal, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but I'm sure some of you, your listeners are. And, you know, he talks about equal opportunity is not the same as equal outcome. So, you know, we shouldn't be striving for equal outcome. You know, if there's like, if the kindergarten teachers, yeah, if the kindergarten outcome is impossible, exactly. It not only is impossible, but what I'm saying is that, that it's not for the best interests of the community and for the individuals in that community. So, you know what, if the firefighters are men and the kindergartner teachers are women, and if the nurses are more women, you know, and, and, you know, the, the, the handy, the craftsman jobs are for more for men, then let's let it be that way. You know what I mean? And let's not try to make everyone the same. And when it comes to communication in life and relationships, business communications, let's dance, uh, you know, between the men and the women, uh, instead of, of trying to understand everyone at the same level. And I just think for, for the men and for the women really, uh, for your listeners, you know, they can, I guarantee you, starting today, if they start to look at their communication with the opposite sex as a dance, instead of getting them to see exactly their same perspective, uh, that is freedom, Sylvester. You talk about freedom. What could possibly be more freeing than feeling like you can be yourself and talk to someone and they can be themselves? And you can have a beautiful conversation. What you're saying, I 100% agree with. I align with everything you just said. I second it. Nothing that you said to me caused me any conflict. Nothing that you said just recently came out of the blue. It all makes perfect sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, going back to the, the original story, I wanted to add because you were talking about you originally were talking about men, you know, understanding the, the feminine energy. I want to add something to that because 
there are some women who don't understand the feminine energy, and then they also don't understand how the man brain processes. So I just want to add to the other spectrum of that, mm-hmm. just to complete the circle. You know, in the situation where you know I made I made I made my girl cry, and the the beautiful thing that she did was she expressed herself, and she through doing that created a healthy boundary between me and her. A lot of the times when people hear the word healthy boundary, now I don't think this pertains to my listeners because we have a relationship with healthy boundaries and it's one of the key core topics that I believe in. But because she was able to create that healthy boundary and to say, hey, you cannot talk to me that way. I am a woman. And then she was able to communicate exactly what she needed. She told me, talk to me in this tone of voice. So I was able to listen to her and to allow her to feel heard, like you mentioned, which is one of the things that feminine energy uh, really needs. But then the male masculine thinking brain, she was able to satisfy my brain Mm -hmm. by identifying the problem and offering an instant solution, even through Mm -hmm. her emotions, Mm -hmm. even through her, her deepest emotional state, she was able to offer an instant solution, which is what what men are always looking for. And so while we were sitting in that car, we did the dance. Like we did the mm-hmm. conflict resolution dance. Mm-hmm. Of both of our energies were naturally respected. Mm-hmm. Now, five years later, when we work out, there is no issue. There hasn't mm-hmm. been a conflict mm-hmm. since that day. So if we go through it, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. She had the she had the awareness there. So that's a blessing, right? Because what she could have said is, You're mean. You know, right, you're a mean person. Bad. That's right. not enough information. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's mm-hmm. the wrong target. Telling mm-hmm. just labeling me as oh you are this is not progressing us anywhere. Mm-hmm. That that is poor communication. Maybe that's how she that's how she feels that what I did was mean and that would be accurate. Her feelings would be accurate. But as far as a like communication standpoint, she's not giving us that chance to progress. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we have to do is we have to be mindful of how we are communicating. Just like just like you're saying, if we're looking to create this dance where my energy is respected, your energy is respected, we have to seek solutions, but we also have to seek the the correct explanation and the correct targets. It yeah, can't and, and you it. also and, and all the greatest philosophers always said, know thyself. Yes, yes. And the reason why know thyself is the most important thing is because then you know how you fit in to relationships with other people. And therefore, you can come to the table and say, I'm like this. I like this, this, and this. And she, that story that you told, she had the awareness to say, I'm like this. And that allowed her to uh, enter the conversation from this is where I am and this is how I perceive things. So she understood that a lot of how she wanted to be talked to at the gym was through her own self-study, her own self-awareness, her knowing herself. And that is the most important thing that helped you guys resolve that conflict. So the thing that I teach people and the reason why my new video podcast show is called The Conscious Playbook is because I feel that so much of life, of being healthier, 
having better relationships, loving life more starts from becoming more conscious and becoming more aware. And I think that that's a beautiful expression of self-awareness that she had that ultimately allowed you guys to resolve that. Um, where so many people, if they don't have the awareness, then it just turns into a fight where people are, you know, attacking each other, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. How do we find your new video podcast? So it's actually on the same uh, YouTube channel. Uh, it's just my name, Ryan Jacobs. Um, and uh, you could just search the Conscious Playbook on YouTube, and uh, it'll probably be the first video that pops up. Ryan Jacobs, the Conscious Playbook. Um, and uh, it's a 35-minute conversation, uh, the first episode. Um, you could start there. And uh, yeah, it's it really... In the, in the show, I really, um, you know, I talk about things that are happening right now. Uh, it was recorded um, last week. So it's very, uh, very current, you know, talks about all the things happening in our world right now. Uh, if people are interested, they can check that out. I love it. What's one of your, uh, one of your goals or, or one of your inspirations for creating uh, this platform? What are you looking to express with it? I feel that there is no better time than now to have conscious conversations with people about how we can take our health into our own hands and how we can love life more. And I feel that um, I'm, I'm interviewing experts in health, fitness, life, optimization, sex, relationships, really all the things that we love and care about. And uh, my goal is really to have conscious conversations about the things that matter, that really move the needle for people in their life. Um, because there's many podcasts out there with business tips and, you know, uh, this kind of, and there's many podcasts that are very health based and this kind of thing. Um, and we kind of compartmentalize, I feel a lot of times, uh, these areas of our life. But my approach is to look at everything is connected. And so I have conversations about how we can become more aware of our environment and the choices that we make to uh, create the life that we want in all areas of our life. And I really show how by simply becoming more aware, um, you can become healthier and you can live a more fulfilling life. So that's what the Conscious Playbook is all about. I love it, Ryan. I feel a lot closer to you. I feel like I understand you better uh, as a human being and your, your journey and purpose. And grateful to have you on here. I definitely want to get you back on. Uh, couple yeah, I'd months. be happy to come back yeah. because the, I have a, I do have another piece to my story, uh, you know, which is when I did start my yoga path and now that I've been uh, teaching yoga and acro yoga around the world for the last three years. So, um, that, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole journey in itself, uh, that I'd love to, um, you know, to explore another time. Absolutely, and this has been yeah. a really beautiful discussion and I appreciate all of your, your stories, um, you know, and your anecdotes and, and you, you have a powerful story 
so thank you for giving me the platform to share a little bit about my story. Absolutely. We will definitely get you back on and we'll talk about the yoga journey because I know for, for sure uh, we can all learn from from you and your yoga journey, your yoga practice and your experience as a teacher. So I look forward to that episode and thank you for joining the Free Your Energy podcast.